0: right now. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: You drink deeply of Jesus. Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. The fountain of living water Come and be made new Will you drink deeply of Jesus Will you come to the Bitter. Let all who are thirsty come to him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water?
2: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Yesterday I spent time just reading and rereading and praying over Romans, the sixth chapter. And as I was going to sleep last night, Holy Spirit raised a question for me that was very painful chapter 6 verse 1 what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means we died to sin did I die to sin did you die to sin Really? I find when I feel some distance from Jesus, it's necessary for me to go back and ask that question. There's only one thing that creates space between me and Jesus, and that's sin. If you look at Romans, the fifth chapter, The first verse, therefore, since we have been made righteous through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Have you died to sin? Are you distant with Jesus? How do you know if you've died to sin? Are there evidences in your life that say you have or you have not died to sin? I was again remembering when I was in college and I was a theology major and everybody most on campus looked with just a bit of scorn on theology majors. Now, I can remember certain unusual things happening. I'll give you one example. I was a floor monitor. The lights did not go out until 11 o'clock. And until then, a monitor was available and would walk the halls and make sure that things were as they were supposed to be, no rowdy, loud parties. And then at 11, the lights were all turned off on the wing we were on, and we were told, stay in your room and go to bed. Well, some of the worldly guys, got together, and one of them knocked on my door. And he said, I know it's lights out, but would you come down and pray with us? I looked at him like he was joking. What do you mean, come down and pray with you? You guys don't pray. None of us do. Please, would you do that? And would you read Bible with us? So I grabbed my Bible and I went down and They all just looked at me. I had no idea what to do. So I said, did you want to read something? And yes, they said, we want to read Romans. Well, let's read. And so we began by flashlight to read Romans. And then they said, could we pray? Yes. And oh, the prayer meeting we had that night. It was spectacular. These men who were not religious men poured out their hearts before God. Earnest prayers of supplication, earnest prayers of repentance, and earnest prayers saying, we want to get to know you, Lord. Father, would you come and teach us? Well, that was the first of many such. I had to reprimand them because they were also during a time when drugs were just getting started and the drug of choice was a very strong cough syrup. And I see them tipping this cough syrup bottle. And I said, what's going on? Well, it's our drug of choice. Meanwhile, on the campus... Everybody is talking about the new cars. They're talking about the pre-med students. They're talking about everybody and everything, but not about Jesus. Faculty member is dismissed for having an affair. Everybody's laughing about it. Not too much, because we all loved him. Talking about how tough the Greek class is. We're talking about school life. What goes on on campus. Parties. Secret gatherings. Now, there was formal religion on campus because we were a Christian college. So Friday night, we would have a large gathering of people to sing And to pray, divide up into little groups and pray together. But basically the campus was dead. Jesus was not there. I remember just a few short years later, the Jesus movement was cranking. And I went back to visit as a pastor. It was a totally different atmosphere. There was a warmth on campus. There was an expression of joy. There was an expression of sorrow. There was, it was alive. People were talking about it. People were, were praying together on campus. You'd see little groups of people gathered and they'd, I'd, I'd be wondering what's going on. And I'd go and I'd listen, and they were praying in public. They were earnest. They wanted Jesus. I look back at that, and I recognize now, much to my sorrow, that I don't hear people talking like that anymore. When I go to church, I hear a roar of conversation. Where are we going to go to dinner? Where are we going to go do this? What's your plan this afternoon? Or, oh, this happened this week and that happened this week conversation. It's a different world. I remember the Jesus movement because it was so alive. the latter part of the Jesus Movement, I was ministering at Sligo Church in Tacoma, Tacoma Park, Maryland. And my job was to manage a medical clinic, free clinic for college kids and street people and to be in charge of a coffee house called The Gate. It was on... It was in Georgetown, right across from Eagle One and Liquor for Old Timers. And I remember how alive everything was. You'd say, let's pray, and you were going to pray for the next two hours, three hours. It was alive. I now go to a a church prayer meeting and nobody wants to pray. Maybe a couple people at the National Prayer Chapel will pray. Once in a while, some others. But bottom line, there is no eagerness to pray. Now, what does that tell me? If you are not eagerly crying out to God... It's because there is resident sin in your heart. Well, what kind of resident sin? Well, I'll tell you the resident sin that I've struggled with. And that is I'm tired. I also recognize that people don't talk that way anymore they don't cry out to god with loud cries they're they're subdued they're silent you begin to cry out to god the way we used to cry out to god in the jesus movement and people start looking at you like you're funny what are you what are you trying to do impress somebody just chill really So I've watched in my own life as I've grown more casual. Now, some of you are going to say, Pastor, you've not been casual with us on the radio. No, I haven't been. I've been straight up and honest. But I still feel casual. I still feel like I'm not expressing the fullness of my heart before God. So I I pray in private. But I usually don't cry out to God in private, even the way I used to pray. There's a slowness in my praying. I know what causes that. It's resident sin in my heart. It's lukewarmness. It's it's allowing the coldness of my heart to betray me. Now, please don't be offended today. I'm just trying to be absolutely straight with you and honest with you. I know what causes slowness in prayer and what causes Laodicea lukewarmness that jesus hates i know what causes coldness of heart every time you sit down and watch a worldly movie and even some christian so-called movies you are causing your heart to chill every time You go on the computer and you spend time watching and checking out and you are cooling your heart toward God and you are walking in the sin of darkness, the sin of darkness. You don't even know what's going on. You don't sense anything wrong but it's draining away your spirit's energy. It's draining away your ability to pray. It's draining away your interest in reading the word of God. And the result is a colder heart, a a lukewarm heart. Every time you go out with friends to a movie, or every time you go out to go bowling, or every time you go out to engage in a game of golf, or every time you go out for that game of tennis with a buddy, you are literally draining away the Holy Spirit power and energy to move in your life. And as you do that, it becomes absolutely normal. As you go to work and you talk at the drinking fountain, so to speak, as you chit-chat on the phone, you are draining away the energy of the Holy Spirit in you that would cause you to cry out and pray for that person. Why are so few people coming, new people to church? Well, I can tell you, because you have no power. And why do you have no power? Because you've drained away through worldly activities your interest and your intensity and your concern to pray. And this is causing me grief. It's causing me to recognize that I still am going on sinning. Character sins. When you lie, when you cheat, when you steal, when you are sexually unclean, even with your wife or your husband, your are All of these things will subdue the Spirit of God in your heart and will cause you to lose the power of prayer. You will become increasingly casual and you will become increasingly dead to the Spirit of the living God. I remember in the Jesus movement how we used to talk about the Lord. Everybody was Father this and Father that. Jesus this, Jesus that. Everything was about Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Now we don't do that. There was another major change that with with the dying out of the conversations about jesus and the father and the holy spirit church became more formal now it used to be very formal and very organized and and we used to cry out against it we used to pray against it and say lord would you stop this formality in the church would you come in and rule over the church? And would you, would you free us to express our love for you in the church? And what happened is we went to music and expressed our love to Jesus in music. But it was a formal kind of thing, even though it wasn't a formal piece of music. It's just a chorus but it allowed us to have some distance with Jesus. What you see today as Christian music began with an earnest desire to lose the old formality and to come into oneness with Jesus and a warmth in our hearts. Now it's become entertainment with strobe lights and fog lights and crazy designs and a pastor who comes without a coat on with a casual shirt come as you are well i'll tell you what i can't come as i am into the presence of the king of kings and the lord of lords it dishonors his name Yes, it dishonors the name of Jesus for you to go to church in flip-flops and a pair of shorts. It dishonors the name of Jesus. And then do you think he's going to be close to you? Oh, that's just our culture. Well, our culture is wicked. Our culture has turned away from the living God of heaven. We live in a worldly, wicked culture. So that's why I read this verse. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. No, we didn't. The American culture never died to sin. For a little while, there was a move in the Jesus movement back toward Jesus. Now we've moved away from Jesus and we've moved into entertainment. parties casualness and it's showing there's no burning fire in the church today is there a burning fire in your heart to bring people to jesus oh okay how many people have you brought to jesus this year none that's the common answer Why? Because there's no real fire in the heart for the salvation of the lost and the dying. And it just breaks my heart. And I've not done a good job one-to-one in cultural settings that are casual. On the radio, I've done a much better job. and And I've found in the Spirit of God, the power to draw people to Jesus and convert them. And I love that. And I want to do that. That's where my heart is. So I look at all of this. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm getting in the prayer closet. And I'm getting passionate with Jesus in the prayer closet. I want to pray with my wife. I've not done a very good job of praying with my wife. I want to pray with my wife. I want to pray with my family. I want to pray with my church. I want to pray, pray, pray. Because I know the only way this is going to be turned around and we're going to say no to sin is if we pray. Otherwise, it's not going to change. Now, I'll be straight with you. Some of you love the world. You love the culture of the world. You love the entertainment of the world. Some of you go to a movie every day, either on your internet or in a theater, and you're draining away the Holy Spirit from your life. There is nothing more calculated than the Marvel movies. To destroy your faith in Jesus Christ. There is nothing more designed to destroy your faith in Jesus than most TikToks, Instagram, YouTube. And I could go on all of the social platforms are simply designed to destroy your life in Christ, to absorb your energy and your attention, to entertain you while the devil does a peace walk with you straight into hell. Now, I use YouTube, and I use other social media, simply because I know it's being watched and I'm slipping in to be watched in the prayer that men and women will turn and watch something about Jesus. I recognize most will not. I notice that if the preaching is about success, Prosperity, God loves you, God forgives you with unconditional love. He'll understand if you sin. Those are the popular places to go to church today. But they're gateways into the Broadway, into Hell's Gate. So... Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. Stop it. Stop it. Do you know what the social life was like for the, for the early Methodists? They had a midnight or a midweek meeting, sometimes every night of the week, in somebody's home. And they would talk about, this is where my temptation is. Could we pray about it? And Could we talk about it? Anybody else feeling that same inclination for temptation? Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's, let's get to the bottom of this thing for you. Let's get you out of this. That was entertainment for them. Our entertainment seems to be all worldly or all self-righteous answers. Arguments. I refuse to participate in religious arguments. My heart is not to be right. My heart is for Jesus. And to lift up his mighty and holy name and to be filled with a warmth and a love for him that then flows out for you and for others that I speak with. I'm not interested in the darkness of our age. I'm not interested in the entertainment of our age. But see, even for those that I believe are earnest after Jesus, When it comes to prayer, they don't want to pray. When it comes to personally sharing about your great love for Jesus, I find they don't want to share. Oh, they're quick to give you an answer on some theological issue. But they're not eager to just converse casually with you about Jesus in a way that is warm and rich and caring. They just shut down. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not going to walk that way with you. When I meet you, you know what I'm going to say to you? Has Jesus said anything to you this week? What's your feeling... Where's your mind in relationship to Jesus? And I'll guarantee you, 99.9% of the people will, will look at me like, are you crazy, pastor? Stay away from that man. Because you don't want to talk about how you feel about Jesus. No, I know. My faith is not based on feeling. It's based on the facts of Scripture the teachings of jesus but if there is no warmth in that teaching about jesus you're dead and you're walking in the dark in sin and you may not even know you're walking in sin but you are walking right in the midst of sin if these things are missing out of your heart I don't mean to sound hard with you, please. But I don't want to walk in the wickedness of our age. And I'll be honest, I have been. I can walk with the wicked, and they'll never know that I believe in Jesus. We just chit chat. don't want to do that do you hear me are you free of sin oh yeah i'm free of sin and what i'm not free of jesus understands and he's got me covered and i'm saved probably the the greatest lie that christians believe today in america is that I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. I hear people say that I'll, oh, oh, I'm good to go. No, you're not. You're cold-hearted. No, you're not. There's no testimony of joy and gladness in your heart. So no, you're not. Instead, you have activities of darkness. Whether it's watching your television or whether it's going to movies or whether it's engaging in some addiction. You're in trouble. Your life does not demonstrate the the warmth and the and the gentleness and the courage of a a Christian. Romans 6 goes on. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through the baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. We must come to a place and we're not there. I'm not there yet. We must come to the place where we are living a new life a new energy a new power a new strength a new commitment we're not going to go running off to some cheap entertainment we're not going to have our conversation full of of the world of the flesh and of the devil We're not going to have our conversation centered in the same things the world talks about. Are you ashamed of Jesus? I would answer that question very quickly and I would say, no, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Then why do you just talk like the world? Why do you have social times with worldly people and never raise the issue of Jesus Christ? No, let me answer that a different way. Why do you have worldly time with, with worldly people and you never raise... The question of your very best and dearest love of your heart, Jesus Christ. We don't treat our dearest friends that way. We introduce them, we talk about them, we tell about their adventures. That's just how we operate. So for not doing that, it's clear that we are not in that kind of relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a technical relationship. It is a, a culturally defined relationship, but it's not an open, honest, joyous, I love this man. He's awesome. Here's what he did for me. This is what happened this week. I... Please I don't mean to be critical. But when I ask a group of Christians socially, "What's Jesus done for you this week?" They don't answer. I don't I don't get an answer. Some people answer, and these are people who consider themselves Christians, answer, I, I don't think Jesus has done anything this week for me. What? Then you and I don't worship the same Jesus. Because, as Desert Dove just wrote on the chat line, Jesus is King. The Word, Savior, Master, Creator. Love. Praise His mighty, holy name. And I love Him and thank Him for salvation. But hey, can I tell you something? You've got to thank Jesus for more than salvation. You've got to thank Jesus for exposing your sin, for uncovering where you're not walking in relationship with Him and where you are not faithful to him in the wicked culture that we're currently in. You've got to go further. And thank you, Desert Dove, for what you wrote. See, you may want to say, Oh, Pastor Ray is just talking about emotions. Well, guess what? If there's no emotion in your faith in Jesus Christ, there's no faith in Jesus Christ. You understand what I just said? If there is no emotion in how you talk about Jesus, then you have not left your sin. You're dead. I know that for someone to move and change their life they're going to have to be emotionalized. Emotion is what moves us down the track. We're all emotional creatures. If we're cynical, if we're cold, if we're exact, we don't know Jesus. If our interest is Proving that women have to submit to men. You don't know Jesus. If your issue that you want to talk to everybody about is some technical explanation of the Trinity. As soon as a man wants to talk to me about the Trinity on the chat line, I know he's not really walking with Jesus. See, the people that I love, there has to be a warmth, a connection. We have to fellowship one with another. We have to have conversation with one another. And in that conversation, a warmth will build between us. We'll learn who we are together. You understand what I'm saying? If you're cynical toward Jesus and you're cynical toward Christianity and you're you're not a Christian. It's really that simple. It's not just a relationship, however. It's an obedience to Jesus. It's a worshiping of Jesus. It's a recognition that he is not your best buddy. He is your God. He is your Savior. He is your King. But he's also the one you love with all of your heart. And he'll do his part. He'll build that relationship with you. You'll learn to trust him, to obey him. Hmm. Well, I'm going to come back. And this week, we're going to carefully walk through, in a new way, Romans 6. Romans 7, Romans 8. We probably won't get through it. There's no chance we'll get through it in a week. But we're going to talk about it. I want your heart to throb, to burst with love for Jesus. And that's going to have to be more than technical. It's going to have to be personal. It's going to have to be personal. So if you're fortunate enough to run into me somewhere, and I say to you, how's your heart with Jesus? See, if you ask me, Pastor, how's your heart with your wife? I'd say, right on. We talk, we're honest, and we love each other. And we enjoy being together. Same is true of Jesus. Now, just one last thing I want to say to you. If it's hard for you to pray, you don't know Jesus yet. If it's hard for you to pray, jump into the Psalms and start reading the Psalms aloud to Jesus. Start praying the Psalms to Jesus. That's how I learned how to pray. Up until that time, I prayed nice little prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. No, pray, 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 cry aloud. Stop restraining your voice. Talk to Jesus. Well, we're running out of time for today's broadcast. I want to take some time to pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, I come to cry aloud to you and say, please, Jesus, bring warmth into my heart. Send your Holy Spirit to love me. Lord Jesus, I plead with you before your throne that you would send your power, you would send your your love to me and to each person who's listening to this broadcast Jesus, we need you. We're not going to make it with our cold, institutional, organized prayers. We're not going to make it, Jesus, with our hiddenness and not allowing anyone else to hear us pray. Lord, we're just, we're ashamed of you. You say, oh, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. Read the Psalms. You'll learn to pray very quickly. And you'll probably run out of things to say. Read some more psalms. Lord, I just come today pleading with you for my brothers and sisters. Pleading with you for, me, for my own life. For my own prayer life. Jesus, I have so many things I need to talk to you about but if I'm not willing to talk to you about it, how can they ever be resolved between us? Lord, I pray for your mercy today. Lord, I pray that you'll you'll open for us the iron gates and allow us to enter into your presence I ask, Jesus, that you would take the formal out of the love letters we send to you. I pray, Jesus, that none of us would be ashamed of you, that we would cry out to you and know that you hear us and know that you will answer us Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. We just made the cost of the radio for this last month. We're starting on a new month. If the Lord moves you to give, would you give? but I ask that you would not give without praying for me. Yes, my leg is still broken. My hip got smashed when I fell. It's been extremely painful. It's taken a lot out of my health. Would you pray for me personally? Would you also pray for the people who listen? And would you help financially? This is a faith ministry. We're not a big church denomination. The money that pays for this broadcast comes from fellow believers who are wonderful in their support for the work of the gospel of Jesus. Write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go online to NationalPrayerChapel.com. One word, NationalPrayerChapel.com. And you can give online. Before I say any more, before we close, can I pray for you? Lord Jesus, there are many who have listened and are going to listen. Who are still walking in their sin while thinking they're on their way to heaven. But their prayers are not passionate. They don't eagerly speak of you They still are under the chill of this world. And then, Lord, there are many who are sick, who are afflicted, afflicted by demons, afflicted by discouragement, afflicted by some sickness. Lord, I'm asking that you would set your people free that you would come in mighty power for your people. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your great outpouring love and great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Give us the courage to leave our sin now. Lord, give my brothers and sisters, the courage to read Romans 6. Lord, they'll say, oh, I don't understand it. We'll read it again. Lord, give us the courage to pray and to read, to worship you, Jesus, and to let go of our sin. Jesus, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Please be aware of of what your children are going to do in school this fall. Watch your children's curriculum closely. Don't be afraid to go and talk about the curriculum. There is much wickedness being pumped into the public school curriculum, teaching your children how to be witches, teaching your children how to be sexually impure it's not time to be laid back and casual especially about our children god bless you my brother my sister i know we'll we'll be together again soon because we're in this together and i'm very grateful for you God bless you. And I do love you.
1: Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blankless before the presence of his glory.